Welcome to Doom Scroll. I'm Matthew Sheffield. And I'm Lisa Curry. And we've got a great guest today. We are joined by the illustrious Doug J. Balloon, who is better known as the New York Times Pitchbot on Twitter. Welcome, Doug. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for being here. We have a lot of fun news, as we do every week. I am personally invested in this first one as a comic and a comedy writer myself. Conan O'Brien said that Trump made comedy a lot more difficult because he's so crazy. And I have to second that. I, I have to say, when he was in office and running, and even now, the number of people that are like, isn't he great for comedy? I'm like, no, because where do you go from there? He's just so crazy. And the random shit that comes out of his mouth, it's like, you can't parody it. I mean, there were so many stories over the years with Trump and his lackeys that people have this saying in the in the literary world, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. But in a lot of cases, truth is funnier than fiction as well. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, Trump is also very funny a lot of the times. And I don't mean like sorry, like when he called Ron DeSantis meatball Ron, I'm like, that's, the, that's, I love it. I don't want him running the country. I don't want him <laughs> running a, a group of Boy Scouts. I don't want him running anything, but calling a governor publicly, like a politician calling another politician publicly meatball Ron. And then it's just so stupid. Yeah. yeah it's funny. <laughs> and then everything in the wake of that, where there was another congressperson who like was tweeting about it. And he's like, I'll have, you know, meatball Ron is an ethnic slur. And I'm like, this is <laughs> wild, <laughs> sir. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I don't like to give him any credit, but he actually has kind uh -huh. of a good sense of humor. He can be amusing, you know. It's it's unfortunate that his humor is destroying our nation, but it can be funny <laughs> at times in a way that, say, Elon Musk, for example, simply is not. Literally never. It's so funny because he bought Twitter to like try to prove that he's funny, and then he'll just tweet something dumb as fuck, like four twenty sixty nine, and I'm like, "Are you thirteen? Like nobody. That's not." Or like, that's not even he, funny in high school. <laughs> no, no, it's just something like teenage boys say, and they're like, "Look at me, like as though you've yeah. experienced either." Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know, I like I think the difference between their two aesthetics is that Donald Trump is like the you know play, the elementary school bully humor, mm -hmm. so he can actually be slightly funny sometimes. Whereas and Elon, Elon Musk is, is like. Shooter. <laughs> Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> and, like, yeah, no and it's like, liked me and I've always looked like an alien. And it's now it's our problem. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And somebody actually said, and I, I think it was in that, that biography that just came out about him, that Elon Musk was bullied all the time as a child. Yeah, and you can totally right. see that. Me too, by uh, my family. And then he bought the playground. He bought the playground. Like, that was mm -hmm. the phrase that they used. And that's totally yeah. what happened. But he's Trump's basically, I mean, in a certain sense, it's like the show he reminds me of is Family Guy. That's what Donald Trump reminds me of. Like he, he like can be grabbed a family guy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like I, I would say most people have kind of gotten over Family Guy by now. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. I, I, I think that there really is a very strange dynamic to, to, to what's going on with Twitter and Elon Musk. His, his desire, despite having $150 billion, to have, you know, the world laugh at his incredibly unfunny jokes. It really does reek of, the whole thing reeks of unhappy, 
loner child having mm-hmm. his revenge on the world by buying the playground. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. And now well, like my Twitter uh, is garbage. Like I get replies every day from like trolls and bots. And like I tweeted about yesterday about Russell Brand being a fucking serial rapist. And then I get, and I was like, Oh, you know, I've been hearing these stories for years. And then I start getting these replies from trolls that are like, well then either that's not true or you're an accomplice because you didn't turn him in when you had evidence. And I'm like, it's not (laughs) even worth replying and being like, obviously somebody being like, Hey, watch out. That guy's a rapist. Like there's, that's so much of, like that's how women communicate with each other. We're telling each other who's who you need to look out for because it's like impossible to prosecute rapes. So instead we just have a little chatter going through the community all the time. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that if is it was awful, easy to prosecute, people would turn in the number of the, <laughs> the number of men in comedy that I've heard stuff about where people are like, well, don't stay in a green room alone with them. It's like after a while, it just becomes this massive list where I can't remember who's what kind of sex pest. And it's just like this gray <laughs> list where I'm like, well, stay away from that person. But I don't remember if they like shove their hands down somebody's pants or forcibly rape them. I don't remember anymore. Cause it's like, I don't have the, I'm not rain man. It's, I can't it's remember hard that to many keep the criminals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a telltale sign that somebody is a fucking sex criminal is right before they're exposed. They like take a hard right turn and they're like, everyone is against Mm. me. The media is against me. They're coming for me. That's exactly what Russell Brand did. Weird. They like go to the right. Yeah. Yeah. And they go to the right because they know they'll retain a fan base there. I mean, like Russell Brand got a standing ovation this past week. And it's like, well, why do you, why bother coming forward? Now you have all of those people that would happily tweet at you that you're a piece of shit and a whore or whatever. And like, you're making this up and it's like, okay, well, <laughs> I'd rather not drag myself through the mud, you know? <clears throat> so, yeah. so the thing that I'm always really curious about with somebody like brand is were they always kind of right wing? I mean, I don't want, I don't want to say conservative or something like that. It's not, it's not really what it's about at all, but were they always sort of this far right whack job, inside at some level and then this came out or do you think that they i mean where did or is that is that what made them an abuser in the first place or like i feel like with him chicken and what what happens to a lot of like weird guru type people is i think that he was going so far to the left that he looped back around and yeah got to the right because it was like there's also a lot of like cultish stuff in the wellness community there's a a lot of cultish stuff and it's also that a a lot of so I, I actually I was was telling Lisa a couple of days ago that I had a little run in with Russell Brand myself. Actually, he made an entire YouTube video about how evil I was. <laughs> and I didn't even realize it, actually, until like a few days after it came out. But yeah, so basically I had done a, a Twitter thread in 2022 about how Joe Rogan was right wing and his guests are vastly disproportionately to the right. And that every, and that that was obvious to anyone who paid attention to his show. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, and and I just and I made a tally of people, and I was like, these people are on the left, these people are on the right, and I put Russell Brand on the right, and he went fucking ape shit on me, mm-hmm. and like he, he was quote tweeting like, and I had turned on so Twitter actually has a thing called quality filter or something like that, and if you turn it on, like you almost never <laughs> it see it just deletes the app from your phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's what it's got to do now. 
But at that point, before Musk had taken over, I just actually didn't even see his little shit stains attacking me on Twitter. Like, I literally did not see any uh-huh. of their posts. And it, and it was so fun to go back to it, like, the week later, seeing how enraged they were. <laughs> I didn't see any of their shit. But to your point, though, Doug, your question is that there, there basically was kind of like a libertarians who were dumb actually so thought that they... Oh, granted, yes. Okay. Who were... <laughs> Especially dumb, we'll say. Like, smart libertarians know that they're on the political right. But, you know, dumber than average libertarians, they actually think that they're on the left. And Elon Musk is one of them. And so, like, they have this idea, oh, well, I support drug legalization. I, you know, support same-sex marriage. So, therefore, I'm on the left. And it's like, guys, those are the positions of the majority of Republicans at this point. So... Mm -hmm. You're not on the left. You're just stupid. You're too stupid to realize you're on the right. And like that was definitely the case with Russell Brand, I feel like. Their defense, their their explanation and why they're not on the right is always, I'm just asking questions. Yeah. I'm just asking questions. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> One thing I feel like I've noticed, and this is these are, you know, so I used to really be a big Glenn Greenwald fan, and I was a really big Matt Taibbi fan. Probably I could I thought about it, I could name a bunch of other examples. I do feel like uh-huh. there's this thing where you have these people who are sort of on the left in some way, uh, but or, or maybe in every way in, in, in some sense, but also have like a lot of toxic male energy, like a lot of desire to just kind of be a jerk for the sake of being a jerk, often a little bit of misogyny and sort of childish mm-hmm. sex jokes in there. But I feel like all those people eventually end up on the far right, you know? And I, I think that I think that the you know there was this I felt like there was this time when people were like oh it's great we have our own toxic male people now fight their toxic male people and I think it just doesn't work I think that once someone's to, once that's there in today's world at least in today's political world they're always going to end up on the far right you know they're not going to end up normal Republicans right they're not going to end up like you know like Rob Portman or something like that but they're going to they're all they're destined I think to end up on the far right because that's mm-hmm. that's where the that's where the toxic male energy stuff really yeah goes. Well, and, and it's because of Trump sadly, it's Trump like well, that's, I think that's where all the money is too. might predate that a little bit though even I'm not sure I'm not sure how much of it's Trump and how much of it's not actually mm. okay. I don't really understand it's, it's something that I don't really understand I think but it's, I feel like it a little bit, pre- I think that, I think in some ways, a lot of stuff with Trump is he's a vest, he's a, he's very good at, he's very good at taking existing currents and sort of using them. So I actually think it predates Trump and Trump realized that it was mm-hmm. something that he, that he could kind of take advantage of. Yeah. He's not, I don't think he's, I think he's dumb, but I think he's calculating. Not when he's just rambling, but I think in maybe when he's, sitting and scheming something up like he knows the pressure points to manipulate yeah very well no i think he has a real talent for that you know yeah but yeah well he's got the con man's instinct he's got the con man's instincts that's what it is yeah yeah and the right i don't mean the whole i don't want to too much disparage all conservatives the whole republican party even but i think there's on a certain part of the right which i might maybe i'll call the far right there's Mm -hmm. so much potential for grift right Yes. People are so gullible, so easily taken advantage of that. If you're a con man, that's like a moth to a flame, I think. You know. And yeah. Oh well, it. there's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. Actually, in 2016, when Facebook didn't, when there was no sort of monitoring of fake news or you know fabricated 
of websites making shit up. Mm -hmm. Like it was an industry in Albania of all countries to make fake websites for Americans to, to, to click on, on Facebook. Like that's like perfect. Like no one would believe you if you made that as a fictional story, but this is what <laughs> happened. And so it, these Albanians were making these fake websites and they were like, Oh, we want to make some for Democrats. We want to make some for Republicans. And mm -hmm. the guys who were running them, they're like, Republicans love our websites. Democrats don't love our websites. Like, you can't get any more valid. Like, these guys don't fucking give a shit about American politics. Like, they have no side. And they're, they're objective, as you can possibly be on that score. And Republicans don't want to hear that. But that's the reality of who they are. I feel like, and I look, this is a huge generaliz generalization and a blanket. This is just, in my experience, my friends that are progressive are typically more curious and a little bit more open to the idea that they might be wrong and they travel more, et cetera, et cetera, where people I know on the right, I don't really have friends, maybe a couple on the right, but my family is, and they're, they're certain they know everything and that they're correct. So you can't tell these people, no, that website isn't a real, that's just like some asshole's blog. And they're like, no, 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 I read it, you know, like, uh, and I've gotten into so many arguments with my mom. My, it's yeah. interesting because my mom is conservative and my dad is very progressive. And I don't know how the fuck they've been together all this time. <laughs> but <laughs> there's such a divide in how they think and how they operate. And I'm like, oh, this is the perfect example for me where my mom will like half read something or be told something once. And yeah. she's like, yeah, whatever. That's truth. And then my dad will. Like, I saw it on Godly Patriot 47's website. It's exactly. got to be true. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, and the so in a, Trump not only broke comedy in some sense, he he also broke mainstream media journalism, and mm -hmm. I think you see that. I mean, you just keep seeing that every fucking day. But you know, we just saw it over the weekend with NBC host Kristen Welker, who just took over Meet the Press. She she of course had to make her first interview Donald Trump because you know like that's the most prestigious and awesome person she wanted to talk to, right? It's um, also like he's never going to say anything new. His, his mental health is declining. His brain is turning to dust more every day. It, he's yeah. going to say the same nonsense over and over I mean, over this guy's drink. yeah, he drinks like 30 Diet Cokes a day. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like almost 80 years old. Like... If, if, if like he, it, this, whatever the, the, what is it? Nutrisweet. Like if that really causes cancer in lab rats, like it's very clearly eaten away Donald Trump's brain or whatever yeah. the fuck is wrong with him. Like the guy literally cannot speak a grammatical sentence. It's like all these people, they, they keep wanting to interview Trump and, and, and they keep saying, well, Trump, he's the leading candidate of, of one of America's two biggest political parties. We have to interview this guy. And I'm actually sympathetic to that idea, but the problem is like all of these people's skill set is just not up to it. So that's, um, that's, that's my big takeaway with a lot. I mean, I don't want to, I mean, I'm, I'm very pro journalist. So I remember like a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago now, Jake, I saw, I heard Jake Tapper on, he did the Laura Ingram show, right. And kind of laughed along with her and sort of agreed mm -hmm. with some things. And anyway, I pinged him on Balloon Juice, where I was writing at the time, which he read and to his credit responded to, sort of apologized a little bit. Um, again, very, very much to his credit, right? So I don't mean this is a put down to Jake Tapper at all. 
Anyway, I talked to a friend of mine who's a journalist, like probably can't name here, but very, very talented local journalist, probably makes one one hundredth of what, what Jake Tapper makes. And I asked him about that. He said, would you, he, I said, should he just not go on that show? And my friend said, no, no, I, I, I you know, I, I go on crazy shows sometimes too. Mm-hmm. And I said, and he said, but, you know, you have to be quick enough on your feet not to get sucked into agreeing with them or laughing at the really offensive joke. Yeah. And he said, it's the same thing with an interview. You have to be you have to be quick enough to do the job, to call people on their, their BS immediately and so on. And, you know, he does a show. It's very popular here. And he does call people on their BS. I mean, you know, I'm sure he makes mistakes, too. But I do think that some of the issue with uh, a lot of these people on, on, on TV and the really popular shows, I don't think that they're very talented. I don't think that they are talented <laughs> at doing interviews or at doing lots of things. I mean, they, or doing they, an adversarial interview. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Those are those are different skills. It doesn't have to turn adversarial. You know what I mean? Or doing mm-hmm. one that not knowing how to handle it when it turns adversarial. And this is going to kill yeah. me today because it's I, I was so critical of him when he was alive. This is why I, I really dislike the cult of Tim Russert. But mm-hmm. when I compare Tim Russert to these people, he did a much better job. I mean, not not always. He was corrupt in a thousand ways, right? But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't get rolled by these people the way that Chuck Todd and Wendy Walker are. He actually he yeah. was not afraid to get tough with people. Yeah, well and, and it's like just more talented at it for or whatever. I'm not sure what the cause was. Well see I I think a lot of it is that you know, so many people who are DC journalists now, like they, their view of, of politics, it's shaped by fiction more than it is by reality. And like, you know, like they, they have this, like Edward R. Murrow, the old CBS news journalist actually wasn't that great as an interview, but no, like they, 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 there's this idea that, you know, if you just ask a question, the right question, it's going to break, it's going to break them down and they'll be in tears. Oh my gosh. You asked me, do I really believe what X, Y, or Z? Oh yes. I'm sorry. I don't believe it. I just have been lying this whole time. And it's like, that's not the real world. It doesn't work that way. This shit doesn't work that way. It's a lot like the obsession with at long last, sir, have you no sense of decency? Someone finds yeah, right and like, to say that to Trump, he'll just crumble with like the Wicked Witch of the West or something. Yeah, like what, yeah, exactly. And like that moment with Joe McCarthy, like that didn't do jack shit in mm-hmm. reality. Um, that little outrage at yeah. him in the Senate chamber, like his power had already de- had already fallen apart. And Eisenhower was the one who put the kill shot on him. It was Eisenhower that did this, not anybody else. Not that stupid little insult of him. Like, and then you know you got this sort of West Wing politics as well. That's like, exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, it's it's the West Wing theory that if if you're decent enough, you know, everything's going to work out. Yeah, the charlatans and the and the con artists, they will see your goodness and they will <laughs> relent. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that there's I think that there's an idea that that uh I think there's just a very wrong idea about what's involved with these things. That it takes hard work, a lot of it. There's no magic bullet, and also some kind of talent that they don't have. Yeah, when it's like Trump also, you know, he C. Bannon famously coined the phrase, you know, flood the zone with shit. And so and Trump absolutely does that. Like his he never stops running his mouth. And the fact that he can't speak grammatically is actually an advantage to him because he's just constantly spewing nonsense. And if you are not 100 percent on point about all of the bullshit that he believes and you are familiar with it all, 
you're it, totally ill-equipped to respond to that. Right. And mm-hmm. Kristen Wilker, you know, exemplified that so perfectly. But every single, like, ironically, the the best interview with Trump recently was on Fox by Brett Baer. Uh, because Brett Baer actually, because like so many lefty or mainstream journalists, they're isolated from right wing media. They don't look at it at all. And so they mm-hmm. have no familiarity with like, because it is bullshit and it's stupid, but they don't look at it. And so they have no idea what they're talking about. And so when Trump comes out with some of their nonsense, they're like, huh? What? Well, there's that. And it's also <laughs> like, I've gotten into arguments. I have an aunt that is like still a diehard Trump supporter. But what will happen is I try to have a conversation with her about something. And I'm like, I'm prepared. I read the news. I got I got it. So I'm like, I can argue against her and with logic and reasoning. But the problem is like, first of all, the way the right argues is they'll be like, well, you know, Trump did this thing that they think is good. And I'll say, well, actually, no, this happened. And then instead of replying to that, they start a new conversation. And they're like, yeah, well, Ted Cruz did this. And you're like, hold on a second. We're, we're, we're back somewhere. Also, because she watches Fox News, she's not dealing with facts. So she'll say some outlandish thing. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true. That could be something that's true that I can argue against, but also it's, it could be completely made up. And I don't, I don't know, you know, because so much of what they say is made up. So then I'm like, well, I, I don't know that it's made up because I've never heard this. So I haven't in, I can't in real time in the conversation, go fact check it, you know? Yeah. I think it's, I, I think there's not really anything to be gained from engaging people like that. And it's, and there's nothing to be gained for I mean, I, maybe I don't know. Maybe there's somebody who could do it with Trump, but it seems to me for the most part, it's just a waste of time. And all it does is give him yeah. a platform to lie and spread his lies. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and speaking of his lies, over the, I guess it was on Friday, I think, Trump, or, or Friday or Saturday, Trump gave a speech to one of these innumerable right-wing Christian organizations. And I actually have the clip here. I'm going to play it here. He he was reading from a teleprompter and it was completely incoherent. And he was talking about World War II and how Biden was going to cause it. So I'm going to I'm going to roll the tape here and then we'll respond to it. We have a man who is totally corrupt and the worst president in the history of our country, who is cognitively impaired, in no condition to leave, and is now in charge of dealing with Russia and possible nuclear war. Just think of it. We would be in World War II very quickly if we're going to be relying on this man and far more devastating than any war. There will never be a war. If that happens, there will never be a war like this. It will obliterate everything there is, everybody. It will obliterate every country. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I assume the music was added later just to the video, but I no, think also, no, that, no, was, that live was live music. That here's the thing: that was fucking live. He can say his followers because they are a cult. It, it's like every fucking sign of a cult. 
he can just say something with that tone of voice and it's very serious and play this music <laughs> in the background and they're not even registering what he's saying. They're just nodding like, yes, absolutely leader. And it's fucking cuckoo. Like, how do you, yeah. how do you get people out of that? Like cult brain. So I don't think, I don't think you can. I think this whole idea of reaching the, the Trump cultists is, is nuts. That's not the, they're not persuadable, you know? Yeah. Not at all. Well, yeah. Well, and the the thing about that that clip though is that you know besides I mean showing his obvious dementia, talking about World War II, and earlier in the speech he seemed to imply he was running against Barack Obama, but it's it's also that yeah the music thing like that technique of playing this this sort of soft rock you know inspirational quote unquote music like that is actually stolen directly from evangelical congregations you go to any white evangelical congregation in america on any given sunday they will be doing this exact shit and like that's why that's part of why the trump base loves him so much because he's giving them like he's giving them like a a combination of a comedy show a church service <laughs> and a hitler rally all in one and and it's like it, the the ultimate stimulation for them. <laughs> Honestly, that's a lot of bang for your buck. So it is, and it's free. Jesus Christ! Like you can't beat that for your value. <laughs> yeah, I look. I've been to a lot of concerts, and none of them were also political rallies and cult meetings. Like it was just a straight up concert. So I, if anything, I feel like I haven't gotten you my got ripped off. Worth. <laughs> exactly. What's Bruce Springsteen even doing? Like, sir, get it together. He could start a cult too. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's the thing. When I find myself listening to these Trump clips, I find them very entertaining. To be honest with you, I, I can completely understand how people would sit there for half an hour or, or more in rapt attention. Oh because God, it's hours, has, man. He has a <laughs> he, has, he has a gift, you know. That's why I mm -hmm. think that all this stuff about how, like, oh, Ron DeSantis is going to take him on or something, but that some other crazy, you know, some more legitimately crazy person could do it. They don't have what Trump has. He has a he has a special talent. You know, I mean, it's he it's it's bad perhaps, but this idea that somebody else is, you know, that if Mickey Haley, you know, got trained enough, she could oh, do God. it or something. It's so dumb. Mm -hmm. it's just, it doesn't make it doesn't. It was just not realistic at all. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, Donald Trump, it, his, it, it is a shtick. Like, that's the difference. None of these people have a shtick. And they're not, they're not good at, at uh, being, putting on a show. Like, he's putting on a it, show and he knows he's doing it. And, uh, Ramaswamy has a little bit of talent, I think. He's the one guy of the whole group that I could kind of see going somewhere. Mm -hmm. Well, because yeah. he's, he's just is saying the most outlandish thing possible. Like, I watched that first debate and I'm like, oh, this guy is like the living, breathing internet troll. He's just saying the <laughs> wildest shit possible. And it's like, I I think, unfortunately, Trump's base likes that a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, he even has, yeah. he also has to patter down the whole way he talks and he kind of talks mm -hmm. so smoothly. You can really, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, with others, really don't. The others just don't have that talent. Like, they can have a stump speech, sort of, but even that, they're not really that good at. But he really has that whole Trump pattern thing where he can just sort of talk nonsense in this confident, sort of entertaining yeah. way, you know? 
Yeah, yeah it's the, really the good hard thing to find somebody that's like grounded and intelligent and also entertaining. For some reason, they're just like too dry and boxy, and it doesn't. Well, telling the truth is boring. I think right? <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody really wants. God to damn it! That, you know, and I think that um, the lives are much more entertaining. There's just no way you could. Yeah. Yeah. Let's choose your own adventure with reality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, in, in happier news, just to end on a good note, both Drew Barrymore and and Bill Maher have been shamed into submission and are now no longer moving forward with their shows. This past week, both of them made these fucking stupid statements about how mm-hmm. they're coming back from the strike and how it's actually helpful to their staff when like, meanwhile, all the other, you know, multimillionaire late night hosts are just paying their staff out of their own pocket and doing <clears throat> auctions and fundraisers and stuff. But we shamed both of them. And I, I'm really happy to see that they're not bringing their shows back because it helps the strike effort. I'm yeah. surprised that Mark caved. I, I, I wasn't. Me I'm too. Not, I'm not. I thought that he, he would turn into some anti woke. You know what I mean? You'd have a yeah. Barry, yeah. He and Barry Weiss would talk about how the strike is just the woke mob. Yeah, know? I really. <laughs> I have everybody. to wonder if maybe somebody high up at the WGA called him and was like, "Are you out of your fucking mind?" Like, because you'll never have his, a writer again. Yeah, the, I, I suspect that's what it was. <laughs> they told him, "Good luck doing your show." You know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Which it's also yeah, good luck having Rob Schneider on every. Week. Yeah. Well, also, as hard as like his writer's work, I'm sure Dean his Kane. show is still <laughs> dog shit. It's he's still bad. I a couple years ago when he had COVID and he announced it on a Friday. That, and that's when his show drops. It was at the. T- it was during that time people were still doing the ten day isolation. So I knew he was going to also cancel the show the following week. So what I did is I got a group of comedy writers together, a small group of us, and that following Monday Tuesday we wrote an episode of his show, top to bottom but with me hosting. And then we shot it. I was living with my cousin on a homestead in Indiana at the time, and we shot it. And I even did like a round table over Zoom. And then we put it on YouTube and I had an editor and a graphic designer like cut together this like really slick opening and overnight it got 10,000 views and the comments are overwhelmingly positive. <laughs> People were like, this is such a great episode. I love Lisa as a host. And I'm like, it's funny to me that like his weird you know, boomer fan base is watching this on YouTube and thinking this is real. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it works for me, but we, I mean, we made a 40 minute episode in two days and I personally, I think I had better jokes than him. No shade to their writers. I think that he's the one that ruins, ruins all the jokes. Well, they're writing for, to his, to his viewpoint. I'm sure that's what they're doing. And also when I was watching Um, the show just to like get, get down the rhythm of it before torturing myself ahead of writing it. There was one monologue where he starts the setup and the audience is ahead of him. Like they start laughing before he gets to the punchline. And then he goes, <laughs> ah, you get it. And then just didn't do the punchline. And I was like, this is not, what are you doing? How are you making millions of dollars? You're not even finishing your fucking job. <laughs> 
Yeah, although if everybody can see the joke coming that far ahead, like it's probably not a very good one. <laughs> True. Well, and then uh, and then of course Drew Barrymore also, you know, as as you mentioned, she has dialed back her show mm-hmm. as well. And and it's like you know, like with her show and all the you know all these other daytime shows, like they're that because she inspired several other ones to come back. And it's like mm-hmm. they basically showed how almost no effort they put into their show. Uh, because they don't, that's what little respect they have for their audience that they're just going to put shit out there. I mean, that's daytime TV for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there's absolutely Drew, God bless her, can hold barely hold her show together with writers. There's no way she would be able to do it without. Yeah, doubtful, doubtful. I have to say, like the the writer strike and the actor strike, it is seeming to be inspiring other people in other industries to start yeah. standing up for yeah. themselves. So we like we're gonna looks like maybe an auto worker strike. Well, it's uh, already on. Yeah. yeah, and so like you know, and like people have figured out because like the right wing wants you to focus on inflation and blame Biden for it or mm-hmm. you know stimulus, and it's like. Every single other country in this world has had inflation after COVID because companies are jacking up their prices because they're like, oh, well, we might have a pandemic. So we got to get some more money in in before that happens. And it's like, you know, and and people are finally wising up to it and being like, why did my boss get a 5000 percent raise? And mm-hmm. I have to take a pay cut. Like, what the fuck is that? And yeah. you know what? Hey, that's great. That's absolutely great to see. Yeah, I love it. I, agree. I love it so much. Well, thank you so much for being on yeah, today, Doug. It was, it was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. All right. And so you're on Twitter. What's your account for uh, a name on there, Doug, for people who aren't following uh, you? At Doug J. Balloon, New York Times pitch bot. Okay, and actually explain what that is. I should have, for people who oh, yeah, don't know yeah. what so your, your premise is. is uh, <laughs> it's a parody account. It's kind of inspired by recent PitchBot and also by the Professor Jarvis, the fake Professor Jarvis account. So it's sort of a parody of the New York Times, but then also some other targets are too easy for me to avoid hitting. So <laughs> make fun of Glenn Greenwald and Crystal Litz a lot too. Uh, but primarily sort of parroting the New York Times in some ways, and sometimes in a gentle way, sometimes in a less gentle way. Sure. Yeah, and and a lot of times they kind of do your stick for you. Uh, a lot, increasingly, <laughs> increasingly, yeah. Increasingly, I, they, they write headlines that are not distinguishable from, from what I write. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's I started doing it about, uh, I guess it's almost three, a little over three years ago now. I just did it for fun because it was the pandemic and, I was reading Twitter a lot and there was a lot of stuff I thought was funny. So I thought sort of wanted to like, you know, contribute in some way. And it got really much more popular than I ever thought it would. Yeah. Cool. Nice. And you can follow me, please do on Olympian Lisa Curry on Instagram. It's Olympian Lisa Curry because there's an Olympic gold medalist named Lisa Curry and she took our name. So I took Olympian. (laughs) So all of my show dates are on there. I post them as I get them. So, you know, people could come out to a show sometime. Are you, you're on Twitter too, I see, right? I am. And my Twitter is Lisa underscore Curry. Lately it's been, because the site is such a cesspool now, I've bothered a lot less with jokes and more with just yelling about (laughs) the state of things, the strike. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And, and of course, people can also follow Doom Scroll on Twitter and also on Instagram. It's a Doom Scroll Show. So please do check that out, everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll yeah. do it for this one. We'll see everybody next time. Okay. Bye. Bye bye.